Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Marco Silva was a pretender. He was a pretender. He was somebody that came into Hull that everybody ridiculed when he first walked through the door. He didn't keep Hull up, they got relegated. He went to Watford, had five minutes of fame, and all of a sudden he had to be gotten. And he got found out. So, so after that period of time, there was, some, there was some natural reticence about the way that Everton were going. They were disenfranchised. Koeman had left them in a particular condition. There was a whole raft of things going on. Duncan Ferguson embodies a certain spirit that yeah. you want in your club. But you don't want that spirit running the club on a day-to-day basis because it will come unwound, because it's a one-trick pony. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Michael Ball and Lee McLean. Guys, it's been seven days now since Carlo Ancelotti left Everton Football Club. Bully, I think maybe a lot of fans were maybe hoping for an instant decision on regarding our next manager. But do you think the fact that we're now maybe taking a week to 10 days, maybe even two weeks or longer, that it's not going to be a knee-jerk reaction and we're just going to take our time and, and get the right man? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah obviously we'd like a, an instant replacement. But I think the fans uh, and myself probably would have thought it would have been a, knee, a knee-jerk reaction. It's got to be a, a right appointment. Um it's probably been a shock to everyone at the club and um, it's like a reset at, at this moment in time and, and I feel they do have to take the time. Yet we, you know, we'd like to get a replacement straight away so we can get onto our transfers and try and get a few more before the Euros, before the prices start going up if the players that we've got our eyes on um, do well in the Euros. We know in, in the history, you know, the, the price jumps up a lot and but in, that, that in the ideal world you'd like somebody in but I think the club do need to take the time it's a massive decision for the club um, 
they do need to really just take the time and look at the pros and cons of everyone who's available. And that takes time. Um, realistically, we know in the past we've had big names of managers in. We've had um, experienced managers in. Um, we've had the next up and coming manager in, and it hasn't worked. Um, and it's been very disappointing. Um, whoever's in charge, whether it's Brands or Machiri, um, we need to get this uh, appointment spot on. Um, the fans feel really let down. We want someone to come in and, and get that Everton feel factor back. Uh, and I, you know, like everybody else, every day we, we, we're, we're linked with different managers. Um, not everyone's really exciting me. One name where we sticks in my head all the time, and he's at the club now. That I feel that um, listening to your podcasts in the past uh, regarding Big Donkey, you know, he's made Goodison the way I'd like to go. What's Goodison going to Goodison and that feel factor? Um, the the Everton way, he knows the players, he knows the players' capabilities. We've got Marcel Brands there as a sporting director. We brought him to the club because he's got the pull and the know how of all the, the up and coming players in and around Europe and the rest of the world. And I just feel who's available right now. That I, I just think big dunk alongside maybe a, a very experienced coach who probably hasn't made it as a a number one, but it's been very successful as a as an assistant manager. And um, I you say like a Steve Clark, say, well, you know, he's under Mourinho at Chelsea. He was a Douglas at Liverpool. He's you know, obviously in Scotland now, but you know, somebody like him who, who's got the experience to get the best out, out of a squad of players that we know it's not going to be a quick fix. We, you know, we were hoping Carlo would have a couple more windows. We were patient with Carlo. The type of football we were playing, especially at home, was dreadful. Um, and it just goes back to the days where Dunk stepped up to the plate and he was being there under um, quite a few managers now starting with Martinez and he, he'll be able to get the know-how and the, the pros and cons of each and every one of their managers to for his own experience to, 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 to you know waiting for an opportunity like now and I feel like he's he could be still number one target for us and I feel that the fans will get on board he will get the feel factor back um, but we know the way Machiri works, we know brands works, they, they'll want their say and that will take time. Brands will get a short list of his top candidates and show him Machiri and um, we just have to sit back and wait um, for who they're going to appoint and I feel now the fans like myself, no matter who we come in, um, we've just got to have patience and give them time and the, the fans will fall back with us and hopefully next season that we'll, we'll, we'll be backing them. Um, for the positive next two or three years and, and get us where we want to be. You know, as I said earlier on, it's not going to be a quick fix. We know the last three or four years it hasn't worked, bring, splashing the cash and trying to compete and get into the top four. It's going to be even more difficult this summer with so many teams in the league last season underperforming. They're all going to be in the round trying to buy the similar players. So it is going to be a, a bit more for all these types of players that we're after. Uh, so we've got a box clever. Um, financially I'm not sure where we are um, we, we obviously like to see new faces come in and, and big stars come to the football it's always a you know, massive bonus but you've got to think of the, the longevity as well you know we've been very guilty in the past of bringing players probably at the wrong end of the careers and uh, they've left the club with you know, probably zero or very small transfer fees and they haven't performed to the, the capabilities that we were expecting to be whether the pressure of playing for Everton or the job was too too difficult uh, for previous managers and previous players to, to hit the heights that the, the fans expect. So it's, um, yeah, I'm just really uh, 
just hoping that we'll, we'll bring someone into the club pretty soon. But I understand that the time lengths and the the pros and cons are ticking off each and every candidate. Um, you know, it does take time, and we just have to be patient as fans and and put our trust in who makes the decisions. Mm. Lee, I, I totally get the whole big dunk shout, and you know, it's very romantic. But I'm going to echo what Simon Jordan said today on Talksport. He he spoke about it, and he, he almost said it was a one trick pony if Duncan Ferguson did take the reins at Everton. And mm-hmm. you know, we all know what style of football he'd probably want to play, and he'd be a very good motivator. But beyond that. Simon Jordan then did question it and maybe thought we'd, we would probably be doing Duncan Ferguson a favour ourselves if we didn't put him in the hot seat, obviously, as, as an Everton legend. And how do you feel about that? I mean, I, I probably do agree with Simon Jordan there. I, I feel mm-hmm. maybe he's a bit of a one-trick pony and we probably need a little bit more than maybe just a Mr. Motivator, so to speak. So good judging what yeah. Paulie just said there, maybe with a, a very experienced assistant to go alongside him, which I'm sure would help. Where do you sit with that if if Big Duncan was asked the question to take over? I've sort of gone all around the houses with this, Mick. Because um, obviously, if you were to ask me one ex-player who I love more than anyone else, I'll always say Duncan Ferguson. I just I absolutely idolise the man, along with everyone else in and around my age range. So, initially, when I heard all of the, the names that were being banded around, a bit like Borley, there was no one really tickling me fancy, no one standing out. Um, so, I kept just going back to the Duncan Ferguson thing and, and if you look over on, on social media I think a lot of people are doing the same because a lot of the names are quite underwhelming um, but I agree with you I, I just think even when you look at that short period of like three games that he took charge before Ancelotti came in the first game and a half was absolutely electric he had the place up and bounced and Goodison Park was up it was just amazing to be there like Borley's just said the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. You just knew we were going to get a result. Seeing him on the sideline there, you couldn't help but be energised by him on the touchline. Um, but you do wonder what happens when things go a little bit flat. And, you know, if, I think you think back, was it Arsenal that we played where Ancelotti was in the stands with Arteta? Mm. And it was a dreadful game. And, you know, it, it, it just seemed like it. whatever he had and the influence he, he, he was having had sort of worn off a little bit already. So what happens if we get a couple of those performances and we all know what Goodison Park can be like. It's, you know, it's a pressure cauldron of a place. The expectations are so high, rightly or wrongly. So then you're risking having a legend like Duncan Ferguson having to deal with that. And, you know, can he deal with that? You know, he's obviously got his, got his pluses and his benefits because he's, he's, he's stayed the test of time under a number of managers now. And they all speak really, really highly of him. And I think, one thing I've noticed is he articulates himself much, much better than he used to. He's much better in front of the camera, whether or not it's all these birthday messages that he does now. Um, he's maybe getting a little bit of practice in. But, um, he, he, um, listen, whatever Duncan Ferguson does is, is all good with me. Uh, I don't think I could ever find in it within myself to badmouth him or you know, even get off early if, if it was a bad performance because I just, I, I honestly, I just love the man that much. But is, is he the right man for, for what's needed right now? I'm not, I'm really, really not too sure about that because it's a huge job. It, you know, if you, if you think of the scale of what's in front of whoever comes in, it's massive that there's such a, a big turnaround in players that's required. You know, we need to still get more. I know we've had people who have come to the end of the contracts, but there's others that ideally we want to get a transfer fee for and negotiate exits for. And then we need 
well thought out and strategic replacements for them. We all know what we need or we think we do. And that's where I just think it might be a little bit too much for, for Duncan just now. Uh, I could be massively wrong and who knows what the next few days are going to bring. But I, I, as it stands now, from what I'm seeing and hearing, I'd be massively surprised if they go the Duncan Ferguson route. I think they'll, I think they'll look at look elsewhere. If I'm honest, mm, yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with you, Lee. If I'm honest, I I was actually at uh, Old Trafford. We we drew one one and Greenwood equalised for Manchester United. And it was a great performance. It was a battling performance, but a bit like what you just said there, Lee. I do think if you know how many times can you go to the well, so to speak, before the players are uh, almost it just becomes noise or. Mm-hmm. They're dead on their feet, and and that's my concern with well, at, attitude and attitude and application will only get you so far. It's massively Agreed. important. Yeah. Yeah. It's massively important, but you need that talent and that mm. ability. That's what um, I mean. It's, when, it's, when, it was when, a bit when, of a honeymoon when, period, wasn't it? You see, and it's a bit mm-hmm. a honeymoon period. You can maybe get a performance for three, four, five games out of a bunch of players, but then when it comes to the crunch, you need that little bit more about you. Has Duncan yeah. Ferguson got that? I don't know. Ball, he's probably in a much better position. He's worked with him. You know, I don't know that, but going off what I know at the moment I think obviously we probably need someone with a bit more experience a bit more know-how and probably a bit more guile around the team as a, as a tactician and everything now so, so moving on from Duncan Ferguson the, the next two play, uh, managers should I say that are the favourites to take over at the moment we're going to start with the first one that is Graham Potter Bawley, uh, you know obviously currently at Brighton and you know people are a little bit underwhelmed with us being linked to Graham Potter he had an okay season at Brighton um, I know Ben and, and Jack were big advocates of Graham Potter on the last, last podcast regarding, you know, the expected goal stats and, and amongst a few other things. But where do you where do you sit with Graham Potter? Do you think that would that would be a shrewd appointment? Um, yeah, I'm I'm on the fence really. Uh, I can see the the pros and cons, but to be honest, it's I don't think it's going to excite us. I don't think it's going to excite the fans. Um, you know, he's come in into a small club. Um, done pretty well. Plays you know exciting football. Plays very good football um, in moments. Um, but even himself, I think, has, has struggled under the pressure and expectations of the fans from Brighton. So if it starts well and it's all good, you know, I'm wrong, and you know he, he gets us fired and going to the direction we want to be. But he's got to be a bit more strong-willed if he feels under pressure to Brighton when things go wrong. You know, coming to Goodison Park and having a you know couple of bad runs and the, and the fans go a little bit toxic now, that's a different level altogether so how can he hold himself after that like how can he ride that period in time um, that's the only the, the big question mark over Graham Potter myself um, and I just feel um, I, I understood your, your comments around, you know, regarding Duncan Ferguson but you've got to put it in again we didn't have a manager and he was the perfect guy to come in and just get the place buzzing again and yes it's only three or four games um, but I'm just feeling for the longevity we've had managers you know with big names Ronald Koeman um, we've had Marcus Silva to give him time and to bring his players in um, <clears throat> and it didn't work you know we brought in a top class manager in Carlo Ancelotti and you know at the end of the day he bottled it and you know the, the job was too tough for him and he, he was off as soon as he could um, and I just feel Again, if Graham Potter comes in and it doesn't work out, how long and how patient can the fans be? How patient can Machiri be? 
Um, is he going to be the manager in the next five or six years? That's what we really want. We need a manager who's going to be here the next five or six years. Yeah, it's easy. You know, that's a, you know an ideal world. We would like to have a, a long-term manager and, and an, an improve year on year. Um, that's the, the ambition of the football club. Can I see Graham Potter being that? I'm not so sure, to be honest. Mm. Lee, what are your thoughts on that? I agree. I, I, I really do agree with what Paulie said. I think it's very underwhelming. Um, and and just seeing these stories come out that he's buckled under the pressure at Brighton, that's just a massive red flag for me. Because I'm sorry, I look I look at Brighton fans, and it's like you know, they just stand up and clap when they score. You know what I mean? It's with the one of them set, sets of fans. It's just you know, I don't know what, how big the expectation is down there. And if he's struggling with that, then God help him if he ever got the Everton job. Because like I said before, I don't know if it's if it's well judged or not but the, the expectations at Everton given the money that we've spent in recent years and the fact that we've been let down time and time again is absolutely massive you know the fans are desperate to see this change in fortune um, because it's gone on a little bit too wrong you know it's on this sort of hamster wheel of disappointment so would he just collapse under that pressure you know it, it, it sort of points towards that so if it was for me Megan, I don't know whether we're going to come on to this now I think the other, the other guy that we're, we're being linked with you know, Jean Paul Gautier's mate. He's the, he's the one there. Uh, he's the one that really, when I've done my research on him, and I know that's dangerous. Uh, it's like equivalent to watching the YouTube videos of a new signing, isn't it? But um, he's the one that I think ticks a few more boxes than than Graham Potter would. Mm, I, I think we're being a little bit harsh on Graham Potter. I'll be honest, guys. I think he's he's done a pretty decent job at Brighton, and they played good football. And I was actually speaking to a. A season ticket holder at Brighton, and he, he's absolutely distraught, to be honest, it, uh, at the thought of Graham Potter actually leaving uh, Brighton. He says that they play really attractive football. Uh, you know, he's quite a progressive manager, he's unconventional, but he's he gets a tune out of them. And okay, the results might not always go for them, but given the current set of players that he works with, and I know Ben and Jack were speaking of very highly of him. You know, if they had a striker, this this season ticket holder was saying pretty much the same that he does feel like they'd have been a top ten team. Um, Bully, do you think Graham Potter's style of football is something that the Everton fans could, could you know, could could love? You know, he does try and play football and he does try and play football the right way, so to speak, and maybe with better players. I'm not saying we've got fantastic players by any stretch, but with a little bit of money and maybe better players around him, do you think, you know, for Potter, it would be a step up and it, it probably, like I say, the fans might be able to think, yeah, you know, we're playing football the right way. Yeah, you would think you would think so, but I think that's what we've said every time we brought a new manager to the club. We've liked every, you know, they've ticked the boxes. They've took a gamble. We like the way Ronald Koeman set up, so we brought him to the club, give him a, a treasure chest of money to go and bring better players in to improve us. Um, we've done it with Marco Silva and we've done it with Carlo. Uh, that's why we bring managers to the club to improve us, to make it exciting to go and watch. And yeah, he, he's doing it at Brighton, but then it takes time, you know, and it's that's a lot of work at Finch Farm you know to change the different styles of play a lot of these players that we've got still at the club have been around under you know, probably three managers now and they really haven't really kicked on few have uh, but not many of them are they stuck in different ways of playing um, if you look at Awobi you know he's at Arsenal their style of play will never sort of change he's come to the club and it hasn't really worked out our style probably doesn't suit Awobi and vice versa so it's uh, 
you know, they've got to hit the ground running, come back fit and fresh and fingers crossed, injury free. And it's going to be a lot of work, a lot of shadow play, a lot of going through the basics of how he, how he wants his players to go out and play football at Goodison. And that just takes time. And, um, you know, look, even Pep at Manchester City, the type of players he had, it took him time, you know, to get the best out of his players because he wanted to play a different style. And it does take time for players to adapt. So that's the the only issue you've got with not just Graham Potter, whoever comes to the football club, the style of play and how the coach sees the game compared to the managers is just time spent at Finch Farm. It's going to be long days for the boys again, a pre-season to, to, to get it in. And, you know, every other manager we've had in the past, we've seen glimpses. I'm going, oh, okay, it's working now. But consistency in, in our in our play for the last three or four years has, has been really shocking. So it's... Um, I'm not just having a pop at Graham Potter. It's 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 whoever becomes at a football club. It's going to be a massive work ethic during pre-season um, to get it instilled to the players of how you, do you want to play football. And look, if a manager wants you to play a certain way, you're going to try and do it. But it might go against what you are naturally. You know, if you know, say I'm a fullback and I'm shocking on my right foot. If he wants to come inside and pass my right foot, I might feel a bit, you know, not hundred percent confident with that. But then that's up to the coach to put the confidence into you and and believe in yourself. And uh, if that works, great. You know, thumbs up. When he comes to the football club, we'll back him. We'll give. We'll be patient. Uh, the fans will get behind him, and hopefully the board will, you know, give him some money to bring better players into for him to to step up because a huge step up going from Brighton to Everton, as as Lee touched on. Uh, the expectations is going to be a lot higher. Um, and look, we've been let down so many times. So we just we want somebody to come in and play a nice game of football, easy on the eye to watch, exciting football for the fans at Goodison to to be cheering if Graham passes the man, so be it. It's interesting, isn't it, Lee? I mean, when when we you go onto Twitter or you just talk to the average Everton fan, you know, the, the general consensus, you know, we want a young, hungry and a manager with a point to prove. And it's almost going back to where well, you're describing David Moyes when we took David Moyes on, you know, young, hungry, got a point to prove and he's going to do it his way. So you almost feel like, yeah, you know, you, you're sort of describing Graham Potter in a way and you, you look at his signings at Brighton and you look at, you know, he, he can find a bargain. You know, he got Tarek Lamptey for, for three million from, from Chelsea, who is a superb talent and, you know, 15 million in today's market is not a lot of money. And he got Leo Trossard uh, from Genk, a very, very capable player. Uh, and he's got people like Basuma. So he, he, he can find a gem. And that's maybe, that would, well, potentially help Everton's recruitment side, wouldn't it? Where we've got a manager who's willing to go out there, do the groundwork with his scouts, go mm-hmm. searching for these gems where we don't probably have to spend an arm and a leg. Yeah, you're right, mate. And, and to be fair, let's be honest, we've all been wrong on the flip side of things, haven't we? So we've, we've made appointments and we've all been sort of really, really confident that they're going to come in and do a great job, especially the last fella who's just been in. Um, Kuman, I thought he was going to do a great job. Silver, I got I got taken along on a ride with him as well. thought he was going to do a great job. I didn't with Allardyce. That's, that's an absolutely uh, different story altogether. Um, Martinez, obviously, again, very likeable, came in, thought he was going to do a great job and did initially. Um, and ultimately, we were proven wrong with all of them. So fans, you know, at the end of the day, how qualified are we to make these assessments? So I know, I mean, I've had my say today on the Graham Potter appointment. To me, it just smacks a little bit of lacking a little bit of ambition. But I could be wrong. And, you know, if he had a, if he had a more, you know, exotic sound and name, would we all be a little bit more allured with him? Possibly. 
you know, because the, you, it, it's quite easy to just think, oh, Graham Potter, you know, he, he, he sounds like, I don't know, a second-hand car salesman. Um, it's doing him a little bit of a disservice because when you talk about him the way you do, Mick, and to be fair, I think you've done a bit more research on him than I have. You know, he, he's clearly done a really good job in bringing Brighton up to where they were. Um, I, I'm not as I'm not as um, heavy on, on the stats side of things. I, I, I don't read as much into that side of the game as perhaps other, other people do. For me, I think you get the result you deserve most of the time. Um, it's all about either putting the ball in the back of the net or keeping it out. It's as simple as that. I don't really care what happens in between. Um, it's all about the results. But as, as I said last week, whoever, whoever comes in to Everton, I will get behind 100%. Um, you, you can't judge, judge someone straight away without giving them an opportunity to prove themselves. Um, obviously, it's only when if they came in and they started doing a horrific job, that's where the, the fans will probably start voicing the concern. Um, but straight away, it would be unfair to just write anyone off um, from the from the offset. So we'll just have to wait and see. He, he wouldn't be my number one choice, but who cares what my number one choice uh, is? It's 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 what the club think is the best way forward, not mine. So moving on from Graham Potter, guys. Um, you know we, we're under the impression that talks haven't even started with Graham Potter if they are ever going to start. So we'll park him there for now, and we'll talk about Christophe Gaultier, um, formerly of Lille. Uh, and he's just won the league title with Lille Bawley. Um, You look at his team's managed. He was at St Etienne for, for eight years and then he was at Lille for, for four years. And, that, and that's, that's his managerial career. So he, he, he does stay at places you know, for a while. And longevity is something that Everton fans are, are crying out for. So given the, the fact that he's had a brilliant season at Lille, you know, been there for four years and he's been overall reasonably successful there, longevity-wise... He he look he looks the part, doesn't he? He seems to have it. Um, he works. He's worked at two clubs who are really strong in bringing youth through, or bringing youth uh, young players and giving them a pathway to the first team. Um, so he knows how to coach young players. I think he's. I think the last squad he had at Lille were an average age of twenty five, um, which is very young. It's a different league. You've got, we've got to remember, but you know, these players in that league, they, they produce some really top players. Don't look at Everton. We've had Zuma there, Newcastle St. Maximum from CZN, Lucas Dean, Otto from Lille, even Morellas, and like the better players like Hazard, Rigby, and players like that. So they, they do bring top class talent, and that could be a massive factor with brands um, that we know the player, the manager knows of the youth, and we know there's three players, I think. Sporting director at Lilla are trying to cash in this summer, and whether that's just all smoke and mirrors right now that the, he's the one sounding him out that he'll be a, the right fit for for Everton Football Club, but um, he might have another another agenda of trying to get top dollar for the three players he wants out in the summer. Um, but you just got to look at the, the the manager himself, and you know he's been successful. He's won a league title. It's you know it, it's good. Of course it is. Uh, do I know much about him? Not, no, not at all. To be honest, it's only when you see it all on social media and you you do your own little research and look into him, you go, well, it's probably what we're after. We're after someone who's going to develop the youth, trust in our recruitment in Marcel Brands and the whole coaching uh, recruitment staff at at Finch Farm. It's it's a big setup. They've got players on the books that they've been earmarking for uh, a long period of time and probably been on hold because of maybe our previous manager. Um, so 
it could fit the bill um, with the club. You know, maybe Mashiri might want to bring in a big name again and it rocks the boat with everyone involved. But whoever he, he brings in, you know, a lot of coaches and managers in Europe all work alongside, you know, a sporting director or a technical director. And that, I think that's what Everton need. We need someone who's going to see to eye to eye with brands um, and be on the same page. You know, I feel like there's been too many people involved in our recruitment and it's it's held us back, whether it's being Machiri wanting big names, brands wanting his own recruitments underneath him, of, um, are pushing other players and the managers themselves wanting their own players. So there seems to be too many people involved. And if you look, I've, you know, if you, you know, go, I go back to my experience in Holland with PSV and the way the Ajax are, it's, he does put trust in above and let the manager be the coach. Um, is that enough for us right now? Uh, I'm not so sure. Um, we also seem to be stuck in the middle, you know, whether we want a big name to come in again and we all get the excitement that we had under Carlo and then could we be let down again? Or are we going to actually put faith in a hungry young manager who's got the experience of, of bringing um, the youth through, but bringing to another level? So that club itself then sells them at a you know a top top dollar price for him to go and reinvest and bring more more players to his football club. And you know I feel that we do, as we said earlier on, a manager to be at the club for four or five years at least, and if we want the the right mix with top quality players. Right now we can come in to improve, but also a guy with the experience who knows who's the, the young French hungry players that we can probably nab and bring to our football club and give them a pathway to, to play in our first team. Mm. Lee, looking at looking at Gaultier's he's Saint-Étienne career, you know, he was there for eight years um, and he finished in the top 10 of League One in seven consecutive seasons, which, which is remarkable really because Saint-Étienne, they're not a massive club and in four of those seasons, they ended in a European place and then he finally ended he uh, sent Etienne to 32 years of hurt with it with a trophy. And then he moved on to Lille and his, his career at Lille is, just looking at it, is, is unbelievable, really. He, he took over and they were in the 18th place in the league and they were really struggling. They he avoided relegation. Um, and then in 2018 and 19, he led Lille to finish second, which then obviously qualified for the Champions League after a seven-year absence. 19-20, which obviously was curtailed due to COVID, they were sitting in fourth. And then obviously last season, they've, they've gone and won the won the league for the first time in, in 10 years or so. It, it's remarkable, isn't it, really? And when you look at managers and you look at, you know, hot managers where you think, you know, we want a manager coming in on really good form himself, he's on the upward trajectory. This is Christophe Gaultier, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I think he, he's the one so far in the last seven days who's really stood out for me when I've had a look at his credentials and, and what he seems to be all about. And, and it's sort of thought, got me thinking, yeah, you know, he'd do. And, and I think if I look at Twitter and the reaction today, I think it's quite universal that I think everyone will be behind that decision. Um, like I said earlier, I think he does tick a lot a lot of the boxes for us. Longevity, like Paulie's mentioned earlier on, is massively important. Someone who's going to work well alongside the current setup with brands, again, massively, massively important. We need harmony in there in terms of decision-making. We need clarity. You know, we need consistency. You know, we, we want this structure and identity to be instilled at the club. And if you think he, he's done an absolutely unbelievable job there at two relatively small clubs in France, you know, against the, the might of PSG, you know, and he's and, he, and he's got them to the top last year. And, you know, that that is a remarkable job. And if you think how hungry he must be now to maybe he's done his apprenticeship, come and make his name in the Premier League with a club like Everton, with the resources that we've got, the fan base we've got, it's all there 
for him to come in and maybe do. You know, if you think of the likes of Mauricio Pochettino, I'd never heard of him before he took over at Spurs. Um, Gerard Houllier coming into Liverpool in the early 2000s, I'd never heard of him either. Um, coming coming from the French league, so yeah, I think personality-wise as well, I think he's a, he comes across as a really good motivator. I've seen a couple of clips where the players seem to be bang up for it and right behind him. Um, he's got energy and enthusiasm on the touchline and away from the pitch, which is what we need. I think, obviously, Ancelotti didn't have that at all. He, was, he, he always came across very dour. You know, there was times where Duncan Ferguson was, Ferguson was wanting to celebrate and hit the roof and he was telling him to bloody sit down and calm down. And I was like, no, that, what's that all about? You know, you, you want that energy to, to then translate and reflect onto to play, the players on the pitch. So, yeah, I think a 51.3% win percentage with Lille, again, really, really impressive. He took them over in 18th place. So he's clearly, over, over the course of four years, you know, he's taken them on a journey. You know, he's got them upwardly mobile. He's, he's, he's as, as Bawley said, he's, he's brought youth um, through. And, and improved players, which again we've not seen anywhere near enough of at Everton uh, of late. So, yeah, I think the odds would suggest that a lot of people are putting money on this now, um, on, on on him being Everton's next appointment. And if he, if he were to be, I'd be right behind that. Um, I think it'd be a really, really good appointment. But we're just going to have to see what the next couple of days bring. I can't see it lasting much longer now. Uh, I would. It's been a week. The, the Euro start is it? Is it next? Is it is it this week or next week? Can't remember. Yeah, this week. Um, this week. Yeah, this week. I, I think it's. I, I honestly can see it being in the next couple of days. Um, and if the odds are anything to go by, I think this guy's got a, a really really good chance. Um, and he does excite me. And he, mm. and the others don't. Well, he, he has had a brief spell in England. He was uh, Alan Perrin's assistant coach at Portsmouth. Albeit it was only for a short time, but oh, so he has he has dipped his toes in in England. Uh, Bawley, I mean. His ex-sporting directors came out today, Louis Campos, and he said that he likes to play a 4-4-2 system and it would obviously fit the Premier League very, very well. And he's a fantastic human being. He, he develops youth and quality together. That's what Everton want, isn't it? And that's what the fan base want, isn't it, Paul? They want a team, whether it's 4-4-2, a team that's going to go out there and give every game a go. And I think, me personally, I think the Goodison fans kind of accept it a little bit more, especially at Goodison, when you give it a go, win or lose or draw, as long as you give it a go. Everton fans, uh, they're normally quite happy, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's as soon as you put on that shirt, that's the minimum requirements the fans demand. Yeah, we've, you know, we know we haven't got, you know, 11 world class players. So what we expect is desire and passion. And that's lacked for many years. We show it on occasions. We, we turn up against the big clubs when we're with the underdogs and we show it. And, and that's when we start getting excited. And then we let ourselves down against the, the lesser clubs, especially Goodison Park, and you know we're all really frustrated with it. You know, so if that manager can bring that passion and you know back to Goodison and into the players and instill that with them, you know, great. You know, and it's good. The only red mark against him was to myself was obviously English football. Him to adapt. You know, if he plays four four two, obviously you know there's a few clubs in Premier League still play that. A lot of them change formations a lot. You know, the the pace of the Premier League. Can he stick to that system? But look, until he get the opportunity, we're never going to know. And I know that um, Luis Campos has, has come out and he's given huge plaudits, and that's it's great to see. But it was just earlier on, I just got a bit suspicious, thinking, why is he coming out? You know, 
really given this, this guy high praise and he, he probably rightly deserves it. But then when you look into the Lille squad, you know, they've got top players there that they're trying to cash in in the summer to obviously reinvest. In. And that's a good thing for the coach, you know, because Lille are a selling club. They do bring youth in, develop them for a couple of years and then sell off a top dollar. And he still had to, you know, compete with the likes of PSG and he, he's come up on top. So that's a massive plus. Um, and if it does bring these players, um, like I was a sell at the right back, we know we need, there's Icone, a winger, we probably need to bring in. There's another winger you can play in behind, Bamba. I think they're all you know, under 25, probably just before the prime, 23, 24 and 25. I think the three of them are and they're probably the right fit. Uh, so the more you look into him uh, and the players he's he's got the best out of who are interested in top clubs, Man United and, and Spurs are looking at these players as well. Um, it could tick the boxes for us and he could be the right man. I just found it quite suspicious that he's come out and, and picked this guy up while he's in the middle of trying to monopolise the three players to move out in the summer. But hopefully I'm wrong and my suspicious head's off that if Christoph is, is the man for us that if these could be three players that could easily come in and settle into his way of thinking straight away, which is a massive bonus because how many times we've had players coming in, we know we need time to settle. We brought a lot of players in who were injured after, I think, the World Cup and they were, you know, didn't get involved for two or three months into the season where our season's basically done and dusted by then. Um, so that's a massive positive that if he does come to the club, he can bring three players over from Lille that he's worked with before. The players understand how he goes about things and, you know, their mates as well so it's easy for them to settle and that's that could fast track a lot of things for us so that, that's a huge positive for me Just one more thing Bully obviously Nuno Espirito Santo was heavily linked with the Everton role and it now looks like he's on the brink of being announced at Crystal Palace do you he really did divide opinion do you think Everton have maybe dodged a bullet with him? Um, yes <clears throat> it's, it's it's strange football isn't it you know 18 months ago every, he was he was raved about, you know, they were playing exciting football, um, surprising a lot of a lot of people, you know, in the Premier League, going about the football the English way, fast, um, direct, had the players to do that. And then unfortunately, you know, he has a couple of injuries and he struggled to to get the best out of his team in him around him. And he had a difficult, he had a difficult season, has moved on. Um, but I think Crystal Palace were ahead of the game uh, regarding him, to be honest. You know, they knew their manager was going to be leaving in the summer. They've been doing their homework um, of, to bring someone in for a long period of time. and He probably just feels that could be the better fit for himself. But for us, um, it's always going to be that question mark and go, well, he had similar, maybe better better players at Wolves and he failed. So why bring him to Everton? Um, that could be the question mark um, over Nuno. So yeah, look, we've, we've just got to, as Everton fans, just trust in the board and and whoever's making the decisions to, to bring the right man to the club because we're, you know, we we are wounded still and we just want to start that season bouncing and, and, and full of desire and going to the game and just enjoying football games again and, and watching the Blues you know, win. And, and if this guy can put that passion and desire that's lacked so many, so many times in the last couple of years, you know, great. And Lee, one, one more. This this one's kind of not going away and it's kind of it's laying low at the moment. But Frank Lampard, his name is occasionally crops up and apparently he's, he is sort of interested in the role. Do you think Frank Lampard would be a, a punt or an educated punt? What are your thoughts on him? I think it would be a punt. Um, you just don't know with Frank Lampard because I think the 
the results in the end weren't great, but he started off really, really well at Chelsea and the players he's brought in have ultimately turned out to do a really, really good job under under Tuchel. And I know that makes you think immediately, well, the manager's the, the difference and ultimately he has been. But all he's done is found a system that fits for those players that Lampard uh, has brought in. And I think that's what Frank Lampard struggled with, you know, finding a place for... I think he was trying to shoehorn all all the big names and his best players into a, into a side, and it didn't necessarily work. Um, he didn't quite get it right in terms of a system that suited um, the players that he had at his disposal, which was a lot of quality. Um, but you know, into, I, I like his personality. Obviously, he speaks really well. He's passionate. Um, you know, he takes no nonsense. I don't think he puts up with rubbish from certain very very annoying football managers, which don't need to be named. Um, I I don't know. It, 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 it's not a definite no. You know, there's some names that have jumped out at me and I've gone, oh, no, definitely not. You know, it gives me shivers. Um, but when you men- mentioned Frank Lampard's name, I'm, I'm sort of mm, a little bit in between. Like you say, you know, I think it would be a little bit of a punt, but I think there is still a story to be written with Stan- uh, Frank Lampard. I think he's actually a good, really good manager in the making. Uh, and, and I think he'll learn quite a lot from the experience that he's that he's gone through at Chelsea. And I think he'll do really well in his next job, whether or not that's Everton. We'll have to just wait and see. Uh, I'd be quite surprised, but you just never know in football, do you? Bully, Frank Lampard, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Frank, you know, I think um, his time at Chelsea, I think obviously Chelsea with the, the transfer ban, they used Frank really to to come to the club and sort of stabilise them for a moment in time on the back of, you know, his good friend and a lad I went to school with, Jody Morris, um, who's a top, top coach. He was the under-23 manager, the youth manager at Chelsea. So he had that relationship with all the youngsters that, you know, because of the transfer ban that Frank gave an opportunity to and trusted Jody's opinion you know, to give these guys, a, you know, an opportunity to, to play first-team football. And we've all seen now, like, they've gone on to, you know, bigger and better things, and have established themselves in the in a Chelsea squad that Tuchel's you know took over from. Um, whether Frank's the right fit for Everton right now, I, I don't think so, and I think it probably will be a a kick in the teeth for Duncan. Um, if Duncan knows our players, knows the the pros and cons of who's there, uh, I trust in Marcel Brands and the board to bring better players for him to work with. But Frank, I think he's got a he's got a job in football for for a, you know in the future alongside Jody Morris, the way he goes about it in the media, uh, the way he likes to play football um, is good. But I don't think he's going to be the right fit for Everton right now. And I feel the the people that we spoke about earlier on are probably a better fit for us. And there we go, guys. Graham Potter, Christoph Gautier, Duncan Ferguson and Frank Lampard. Thanks for Liam Borley for joining us as always. We'll be back very, very soon. Hopefully not in the too distant future. In the meantime, stay safe, take care and all the very best. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.